Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Anthony Fauci says that he's experienced rebound COVID symptoms after taking Pfizer's antiviral Paxlovid, which studies now show is not effective for people who are vaccinated. <laughs> and for the, wow. the, the, more, the more this guy's alive, the more of a dumbass he's revealed to be. Matt, there's some weird stuff going on here. I did not realize he's 81 years old. Yeah. He looks like he might be 58 or 59 years old. You so think he's a, it's got to be the adrenochrome or something. I don't know what's going on. Is he but doing I know, like the hyperbaric age chambers? No, I you think know. it's... I, he's, I, got, he's got access to the best adrenochrome on Earth. You it, got that good Chinese adrenochrome from all the money that he's sending into their uh, Wuhan labs. I mean, primo stuff. He has a Tempur-Pedic cryogenic bed. I don't know what's going on <laughs> with him, but I, I know what 80-year-olds look like. And they don't look like 58-year-olds. He's, he's kept alive by the power of the dark side of the force, you know. And that dude looks like a mouse. He does. He is a he looks, bit mousy. He's got a mousy-looking demeanor to him. And but, like, Nancy Pelosi is also in her 80s. Where are the wrinkles on these people? Where, Like, my 80-year-old grandmother looks like she could die at any minute. Say, I'd say Nancy from, Pelosi looks about the same as far as that goes. I don't know. I mean, she I certainly mean, she's a wrinkle with teeth, honestly. <laughs> so, Dr. Fauci has tested positive for COVID-19 despite, you know... Certainly being vaccinated against COVID-19 and boosted against COVID-19. I don't know how many booster shots he's had. I mean, COVID-19 was the last time that I was sick. And that was, you know, in late March of 2021. And the only symptoms I really had, other than the loss of smell and taste, which was total. And it's something I will never forget in its totality. But other than that, I was tired and sore for like a day. And then I was right back to normal. It hit me. I had... I had classic flu symptoms, but not in the same order as the classic flu. Like, normally, when I get the flu, it starts out with, like, the sniffles, and then it kind of goes into my lungs, and I cough a bunch, and then I'll get the fever and the sweats, and then I might feel nauseous, and then I'll bust a sweat, you know, break the fever, and then get over it. When I had the COVID, symptoms were out of order. I had the, the chills and the sweats first, hmm. right? And then I had the aches and pains then I had the runny nose and the cough, right? So it was this weird progression of symptoms out of order from the regular flu. See, I didn't have any of that, and I wouldn't have even known I was sick if it wasn't for the loss of taste and smell. I mean, that, that was what clued me in that something was wrong. Yep. And for a day, I was more tired and more sore than usual. But at the same time, that, that particular period, I was you know doing Free Talk Live five nights a week and still working 55 hours at my main job. So it's completely understandable that on this random Friday, I would be more tired and sore than normal. Right. I wouldn't have thought anything about it except for the fact that that was the first time in my employment at that place in more than three years that I went home early because I didn't feel well. So I did not feel well. Yeah. For those who don't know, Paxlovid is an antiviral drug produced by Pfizer that is supposed to help one combat a COVID-19 infection. Is that why it rhymes with COVID? I presume so. Because I think that's the dumbest thing, that it rhymes with COVID. Oh, well, how about comernity? Pax? And what? Comernity. Comernity? Yeah, that's the that's official name of their weird. vaccine. Oh. That that could be the uh, the Moderna one. One of them is called Co Comernity. I don't know Co- how these people select their names. Like I don't even know how to say Bio BioNTech BioNTech. I say BioNTech. Yeah, me too. Are you sure? No, I'm no. not. See, that, that's never just what I say. Poor name selection. Absolutely. So Co-Mernity. that's 
That's Paxlovid. It was anointed as America's silver bullet against COVID-19 by some health officials and even President Joe Biden. Because, you know, it's common for health officials to talk about silver bullets against vaccines. That's not weird at all. It may not have effectiveness for people who are already vaccinated, according to its manufacturer Pfizer's own data. Fauci, 81, broke the news while speaking remotely at the Foreign Policy Global Health Forum. Earlier this month, Fauci tested positive for the virus with mild symptoms, including fatigue, which is the only symptom that I really had other than, excuse me, Osria is like assaulting <laughs> Captain over there. Osria is my dog, for those who don't know. She's just like flipping out She's all over. She's doing him. what can only be described as wallowing. Yeah, <laughs> in the grass. In she, the, she yeah. detects something in the grass and she is wants rubbing it. her body all over it as <laughs> aggressively as possible. <laughs> The CDC announcement said that there was not enough data to make a conclusion on the cause for the rebound of COVID-19 symptoms. The agency noted that none of the reported rebound cases saw patients suffer a severe recurrence. None of them except Dr. Fauci, apparently. In his announcement about his COVID rebound, Fauci said his symptoms were, quote, much worse after he tested positive for the second time. So not only did Paxlovid drag out his fight with COVID-19, but it made him sicker. Doesn't this Dis- illustrate the fact that, you know, the vaccines don't work? I mean, isn't this like a large illustration? Not only do they not work, but... To the it, logical person... It appears to make it worse. To well, the logical I'm, person, certainly it's evidence that the vaccines don't work. But well, the way they you, spin this is they say, well, I would have died if I wasn't vaccinated, or it would have been worse... It's just a religious belief. Well, you know, if they hadn't been triple boosted, they'd have come back as zombies. Right? I mean, that's... Because it's always, no matter what, it's worse if you weren't vac- vaccinated. So if they're dead, man, it's a good thing they were. They had the shot. They did a study, COVID-19 rebound symptoms after a course of COVID, of a Paxlovid, are caused because not enough of the drug was getting to infected cells to stop all viral replication. But Fauci was already getting better because that's what happens when you get sick, right? Unless you die. Yeah, I love how they're sidestepping. We have no idea why your symptoms got worse. I have a theory as to why a person, not even necessarily in this case, but, oh, you were sick and you were getting better and now you're getting worse. I have a theory. As to why possibly you might be getting worse, it could be that 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 you know invasive species of of bacteria or uh, virus in this case is winning again. We've had a, a few. We were talking about it during the break, a, sort of a review of how we make fun of Mister Fauci, and it was uh, uh, the Fauci ouchie, right? the name for the shot. Yeah, uh, and then. Uh, uh, I call him Dr. Anthony Falsy for all the lies he's told. Sure. And what was the My other? My favorite is Dr. Anthony Fashy. Fashy, right. Yeah, that's the, probably the best one. So this study refers to this where the, the drug doesn't get to enough infected cells to stop all viral replication. I don't know. They call that a lack of exposure to the drug. I call that an ineffective drug, right? When I have you know some bacterial infection or something like that and I take penicillin, I, the penicillin is going to reach the infected cells and it's going to do its thing. In America, it's six feet. That's social distancing, right? Yeah. But I, in the UK, if I remember correctly, it was one meter, which is closer That's to three, three feet. feet yeah. Right? So it's completely arbitrary. It depends on where you're at in the world, apparently. Well, you Americans are too disobedient, so we had to double the distance. Let's not forget 
the traffic directing arrows that they painted on <laughs> all of your freaking grocery stores. Oh, dude, I ignored those. Of like, course, it, was, like, it was a rat maze. That's have you all, noticed that they went away right quick? Yeah, once the COVID-19 pandemic, quote, ended, I mean, no one announced that it ended, but like looking around, I mean, it ended in fall, uh, autumn of last year. I've seen a whole bunch of them uh, plexiglass walls between me and the cashier are no longer there in places that they put them up fresh and hired people Mm -hmm. to come in and construct new things to like, I don't know, because you're handing them your cash that's, you know, you've touched or whatever, and they touch all your groceries. So I'm sure that plexiglass did a lot to keep people safe. Certainly. It was nice watching the sentiment change. It's you could you could gauge very firmly, okay, this one believes it's temporary because that's made of tape mm-hmm. and their plexiglass is not plexiglass, it's just a sheet of plastic. And as soon as it's like, oh no, they believe this is permanent, you could see them like get special stickers printed out and in some cases actually painted on the floor. They're like, Okay, society has changed. Donald Trump, I was surprised to learn from Jeffrey Tucker, could not have replaced Anthony Fauci. Even if he had, you know, won it, he did try to fire him, apparently. Yeah. And it was just beyond the purview of the president. That's another thing that got me about the January the 6th hearings yesterday, and I don't pay attention to them, but, you know, I do make sure the show's going just fine, so I pulled up freetalklive.com, and, you know, uh, the News Digest that we have going on there talked about how this Secret Service agent refused to take Donald Trump back to the Capitol building. He's like, but I'm the effing president. So, okay. Well, who are these people getting their orders from? It, right. If it's not the president, like, uh, who, you would think, you know, the question. Secret Service would be beholden to the orders of the president. You but, would think. But no, clearly well, not. They take their orders from, I'll tell you. No, I can't. It's a secret. <laughs> it is a secret. Well, now, this really does change the game, though, because when you think, oh, those large men with their guns who are constantly around this, you know, supposed leader of the free world... They're on his side. They do what he says. When you suddenly realize, no, they're taking orders from someone else, it's like, oh, well, then that's not really the president now, is it? Zelensky recently abolished and banned and outlawed the party that was competing with him. I yeah. think he had the, the the politician who was directly competing with him arrested. I'm not yeah. 100% sure about that, but I do know... a big red flag to, well, just about everyone. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, no, we're just going to stick with the one party that we have. We're not allowing more parties. Yeah, Don't you know, you know it's important to stand with totalitarian Nazis. I mean, Ukraine. They, that's another thing. I, I love it when you know when people come out. They're like, you know, I support Ukraine. Or I'm like, oh, okay, okay. How long have you been a Nazi sympathizer? <laughs> nice. They hate that, Accurate. but but it's true, right? It is. <laughs> All the evidence suggests that you know there are Nazis fighting. For Ukraine's administration. I mean, that's indisputable. And and they're not like some tiny little secret little, oh, well, there's like five of them over here. No, they're a significant part of the political machinery in that country. It appears they have at least an entire division. And I think they formed initially as outside of the Ukrainian army, sort of like as a militia. But then they were incorporated into the official Ukrainian army. So, yes, for those who have forgotten, Ukraine has a literal Nazi division. They they have all of these symbols, all of these, all of the swastikas. They have it all, right? They are outright Nazis. Yeah, that amazed me. It's like, how hard was it for you to incorporate Nazis into your army? 
Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. People always wonder, what allowed the people of Germany... What caused the people of Germany to allow the rise of someone like Adolf Hitler, right? Yeah. Shouldn't it have been plain and obvious to them that this person was evil? Well, it's, it wasn't a moral failing of the people of Germany that allowed this to happen. And that, that's the critical uh, point of the road to surface. It's easy for us to go, wow, how were Germans so evil? I don't know. I kind of think it was a moral failing of the people of Germany. It, like, well, like they if, were if they'd, have, if they'd have realized what was going on, they would have made different choices. What well, so they say? That's it. I mean, they were duped by the the central planner. That's yeah. what the road to serfdom is entirely about. It's a really it's good. It's not book. a unique moral failing. Is really the difference. Though, okay, is that this kind of absolute destruction of civilization in in the the best sense of that term is entirely possible today with the with the people around you now well and it already is it's not even just possible it's actually happening every day that we're alive so long as people continue to believe the hallucination in their mind that is statism that is that you know this set of people has authority over you and all your friends but every now and again, you can sort of lobby them to get your way. Well, just remember to the extent that unvaccinated people and people who didn't wear masks or whatever were dehumanized by the public, because that's right. how it all begins. You know, speech has discernible patterns, right? If you listen to me long enough, you're going to find discernible patterns in the way that I speak. Right. So I, it's, I it's don't think into the mic, into the mic, intent. I don't think that's enough. I think that's necessary but not sufficient for qualifying music because there are plenty of sounds you can make intentionally over time yeah. that aren't musical. In your opinion, but be. I mean, within the definition of what is music, they are music. Okay, well, subjectively, they are not musical to me. That's well, fair. I mean, I don't, I don't consider you know pop music to be musical to me. It is literally music, but I was, hey, it's not impressive. I don't want to listen to it. To me, it's garbage. But you know, it it fits. It's like the 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 picture of the soup can or whatever. Yes, that's literally art. It's crap in my opinion, but it is literally yes. art. Yes. Uh, stage three. Uh, this is the the stages of totalitarianism. <laughs> I don't know how we got into that. Segway whiplash. Yes, yes, that's right. Sorry. Should have warned you guys. You don't make me pull this. What is stage three? Over. Stage three: censorship, persecution, propaganda, and the ending of opposition. Well, we've certainly been seeing plenty of censorship here in the United States, where you're not allowed to speak outside of the COVID nineteen pandemic narrative, and we experienced that hardcore here on Free Talk Live. We're just every few weeks we were being suspended from YouTube to the extent that at some point we just stopped streaming to YouTube because one more strike and we were going to de- get deleted. Certainly the censorship, certainly the persecution. What is the difference between authoritarianism and totalitarianism? Let's go to Lee for the answer. <laughs> well, uh, totalitarianism is when the total amount of power is in one place, whereas you can be an authoritarian and still have parties. 
I don't know if I agree or disagree, you. but like he was arguing with two musicians a minute ago about the definition of music. So uh, I gotta I happen take to your be claims. one. Thanks a lot. I have to have to take your claim with some grains of salt at this. Well, point. and I think we can all agree that there is a certain amount of subjectivity in what counts as art, and music is a form of art. I mean, but at any rate. whether or not it's good or bad would be the subjective part. But what a thing is or isn't. Not necessarily subjective. Well, like if a tree you is a tree and it's not something subjective. in a way that it includes literally everything, then it's not a very useful word. Well, t- I mean, tell that to Ian, who defines God as everything and nothing, or well, everything and all that is and all that is not. Yeah, and he doesn't make much use out of that word, does he? Well, other than the fact that he believes in God. Which says absolutely nothing. I, you would have to talk to him about it. That's his belief system, and to him it says quite a lot. So I, I would say that something that is everything can still have significant meaning. Well, if you state that's what God is and then that you believe it, then you're not stating anything. You're saying, I believe that, that existence is. That, that was my point of view, right? And that's why I call myself an atheist rather than a panentheist. But mine and Ian's is two different ways. That is two different ways of saying what I believe is essentially the same thing. Hmm. Well, each of the totalitarian leaders also gained control of education and had secret police forces to monitor and even kill anyone designated as an enemy. Well, we don't have secret police forces yet. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Who? Uh, so many alphabet agencies, would you like me to They're not secret, though. I mean, they're literally operating I mean, within in the their open. organization. They, they have secrets. I mean, I mean, people have secrets, yeah, but that's fundamentally well, different from having well, like, so a secret on. police force. Depending on how you define a secret, or, a secret police, you don't know. Because, like, okay, uh, okay the, NSA, the NSA knows such agency. For a really long time, uh, it was denied that this agency existed at all until it comes out that officially, yes, there is such a thing as the national security. Uh, yeah, okay, how many of these do we have? Well, we literally cannot possibly know that. Good and you point. know if they have one. Yeah. We know for a fact that we've gone through at least one or two of these points where, yeah, okay, the CIA is real. But the gaining control of education part, I mean, this has been done seemingly around the world. Mm. There's no part of planet Earth that isn't claimed by a government, and I'm pretty sure, and that's like 200 governments, somewhere around that number, and I'm pretty sure that each of those governments has a public school. They're not going to abolish the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. I mean, both of them, they're firmly entrenched. They're not going anywhere. The United States will never be a on-paper, one-party system. But realistically... It already is. It already is, yes. And if you're a third party or, you know... I think it was Ron Paul who said, I would be happy if we had a second party at this point, right? Right. You're never going to gain enough traction to actually achieve anything. And it was the recognition of this that caused um, Jason Sorens, I believe it was, to come up with the idea of the Free State Project, which is to take these libertarians. Because he said back, uh, I don't remember the exact year, but I think it was in the 90s or or the early 2000s, where he was like, look, we just got 2.3% of the vote in the national presidential candidate. Do you see that changing in the next 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or whatever? And no, it hasn't moved at all. That needle hasn't budged. The idea of having, you know, 200,000 libertarians, because libertarians were kind of rare, Mm -hmm. scattered throughout the United States, voting here and there in miscellaneous elections, accomplishing nothing, versus moving those libertarians, 20,000 of them, to a single place, a relatively low population state where actual political power can be held. With just the, the, the several thousand people who have already moved as part of the Free State Project, 
here in New Hampshire, we've got something like 40 free state representatives in the House or libertarian representatives in the House of Representatives here. And it's just been phenomenally successful. When they passed a law saying that, okay, well, unless it is explicitly against the law to do it this way, then however uh, the DMV or, you know, whatever department it is, however they've decided to do it, unless it's explicitly illegal, then that's what the law is. And and we're, we're stuck. We're yeah, stuck. and none of those people are elected. None of them are accountable. And now with the flick of a pen, all of those government agencies, all of those three-letter and four-letter agencies can create law yep. mm-hmm. and precedent and binding legal precedent. And it, everybody is just like, oh, I guess that's how it goes now. Right. Mm. And, and they want, we don't have a one-party system. We have a, I, I would say just we have a no-party system. We just have the Leviathan that is the administrative state. Well, it's anarcho-tyranny. Where you have the very worst parts of anarchy and the very worst parts of tyranny at the same time. What parts of anarchy do we have? Well, uh, so if, for example, uh, you wanted to be protected by, like, you know, an authoritarian police force when they're burning down your homes and shops, some tyrannies will provide that protection, if only to remind everyone who the biggest gang is. I I understand it, but how is anything that we have in, in society today representative of a situation without rulers, which is what anarchy is? Well, in theory, your rulers stay in power by providing a certain amount of service with their oppression. Stage four, of course, we're all very familiar with this one several times over, the crisis. Oh, certainly. I mean, that was COVID-19, right? It was the ultimate crisis for them. All of these things were already in place. The censorship apparatus that was already in place, that came about in like the 2016 era and the rise of what they called Fake news, right, where they could just say, oh, that's fake news. And there was actual propaganda back then. There was a website that was created back then that just compiled a list of, quote, untrustworthy right-wing sites like PrisonPlanet.tv. That's Alex Jones's website and a number of others, some of which were pretty innocuous. And it painted all of them as, you know, just spouting falsehoods. You know, these people cannot be trusted. So all of these all of these things existed prior to COVID-19. It just escalated during COVID-19. Like Alex Jones, for example, he was kicked off Facebook long before COVID-19. And we said then, you know, all right, first you kick off Alex Jones, then you kick off Free Talk Live. And sure enough, they kicked off Alex Jones, and a few years later, there was Free Talk Live. It it brings me back to the the term, the Hegelian dialectic, right? Problem, reaction, solution. Yeah. Government never lets a good crisis go to waste. They never. certainly don't. When they when there is a crisis, they take advantage of it and they take away more of your rights. And it's just it's a rinse and repeat model. Uh, folks who are old enough to remember nine eleven uh, can certainly detect a pattern uh, now that they've lived through COVID nineteen, and that is the government taking advantage of the crisis. The thing I remember about uh, when 9-11 happened and, like, the USA Patriot Act came through, and I'm like, yep. oh, crap, they are coming for us. And, they did. and then they didn't. Oh, like, well. for, for a good solid 20 years, like, they have all of these powers that they could use to target their own citizens, but they just kind of didn't. Well, but they sold it to you on a, on a temporary basis. Right. right. And we all know, at least libertarians, voluntarists, people who have you know, sort of looked at government and seen it for what it is, mm-hmm. they all know that there's nothing so permanent as a temporary government mm-hmm. program. But that's how they sold it to you. The Patriot Act was, well, we're just going to put this in place for a couple of months. Oh, yeah. It's only a couple Temporary. You know, just like they did with COVID, right? Oh, we need you to lock down for two weeks. It's just 14 days to stop the spread. 
Just stop yeah. the curve. But right. they had to wait until the next major crisis to actually start implementing all of these things against their own citizens. Well, and with the Patriot Act, they just said every time it was up for expiration, they're like, oh, we'll renew that. And then mm-hmm. the last time they did, they're like, oh, we'll just renew it in perpetuity. Did you know that we don't have a standing army? There, nope, no, no standing army. That would be unconstitutional. You're only allowed to have a temporary army for one year. Right, yeah, that automatically renews each and every year. It, it's not automatic. No, There's they, someone they who, who actually signs it. <laughs> they, they sit around going, yes, we want to renew this. Mm-hmm. The Patriot Act didn't worry me. Oh, I mean, I knew it was bad, right? I was really young then, so I, you know, I knew, oh, God, that's probably not good, right? Well, Hitler used a state of emergency to justify his clampdown. On February 27th, 1933, the Reichstag went up in flames. In response, Hermann Göring, Minister of the Interior, ordered a raid on communist headquarters, allegedly for evidence of sedition and a communist plot to attack public buildings. And this is why I love the, the quote, documentary Zeitgeist, right? Because it has so much good information in it. But they, they state as though it's science, uh, historical fact that the Nazis themselves burned down the Reichstag building. And, you know, it was a false flag to justify blaming the not raiding the communist headquarters and all that. There's some evidence to suggest that, certainly, but yeah. it's not the airtight argument. Like, Zeitgeist states it as fact. And sure, I wouldn't put it past them. It sounds like something they would do, mm-hmm. but it's just speculation to suggest that. Well, and one thing that they do point out is that that is the pattern. So remember the main. Does everyone remember the main? I remember the main. Was that the World War One ship that was sunk? Uh, uh, so the, the main, the Lusitania, like one thing after another, where it was all, none of these were straightforward reasons to go to war, but boy, that is what happened. Well, this particular crisis in Hitler's mind was the signal for seizing complete control. On February 28th, the cabinet abolished freedom of speech, assembly, privacy, and the press. Around That's very similar to what happened here in regard to co- the freedom of assembly was abolished during COVID-19. When these crises happen is when you can either choose to grow the hell up and run your own life, or you can listen to this so-called authority who tells you how they want your life run and you better do it or else it just shows you how good they are at using fear as a motivator yeah they're very good at it they trigger hundreds thousands millions of people simultaneously with their fear tactics all you can do as a human being is learn to recognize these particular symptoms learn to recognize what's happening and when it's happening and if you don't, you're going to get what what you saw, which is freedom-loving people who otherwise would be principled acting in a fearsome way. That was by far the saddest thing about COVID-19 is that, you know, these crises, that, that's when it matters for a person to stick to their principles. That's when it's most important. It's easy to be a libertarian when, when everything's fine and dandy rolling around. But yep. when you have a crisis situation and you're like, you got to choose at that point between principle and selling out. A lot of these people chose to just sell out, and that's, that's tragic to me. It makes it makes it impossible for me to ever trust them again if there's another crisis. Like, okay, well, even if they come along, like you know what, guys, I was wrong. Uh, you know, COVID nineteen I've learned was not that big a deal. We shouldn't have ever tried to be force people to get these vaccines. Even if they were to come along and say that, I wouldn't be able to trust them not to do it again the next time they were afraid. The ones I trust them was right. just like you know what, I am afraid, but. I still respect your rights to not get this vaccine. And those were exceedingly rare, even among libertarians. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, 
listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.